Welcome back. We're back here at Physique Science Radio. It's been a while. Sohi, I missed you, honey. How are you doing? Good. I can't stop laughing over the conversation. <laughs> oh, I'm okay I like, from earlier. So, so, yeah, for anybody that doesn't know, apparently when Sohi <laughs> is upset, she laughs a lot. So yeah, uh, she's like she's like fuming right now over, over something we're not going to talk about because it's unrelated. But uh, yeah. she's very, very, very pissed off. And apparently when she's pissed off, she laughs a lot. So I'm, I think what we need to I, do before every episode of Physique Science Radio is I'm going to like email you from a troll account and just really piss you off. Be like, you're a hypocrite. You just all lip service. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, exactly. Yeah. Well, so yeah. So what happened? So like the basic gist of it was someone sent a really nasty email uh, to my assistant, completely unwarranted. And I was in the middle of writing up a response. I normally don't respond to these things, but it was so mean and so nasty. I was like, I just can't let this go. And I was so angry because I was like, listen, she's just doing her job and you just spit back at her with nasty words. And, um, yeah. I know Lane can relate. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a little bit, you know, it's funny. It's like the same thing. Like I'm so used to getting attacked and don't get me wrong. Every once in a while I'll, I'll fire back, but I'm so used to getting attacked but like if you or Paul or my wife or Lauren yeah. or Will or anybody like that, somebody attacks them, I'm like, oh, hell no. <laughs> Y'all done goofed now. I'm coming after you. <laughs> yeah, so, and I was like, uh, she was just doing her job and she's really good at what she does. So don't attack her. Uh, anyway, so then uh, Lane calls me on Skype to do this podcast and I'm just laughing. <laughs> <laughs> this is good. It's the best medicine, right? Yeah, so, and I said, listen, I can yeah, laugh gonna... or I can cry from anger and I'm just going to laugh. And my husband hates it because he thinks that, like, you know, he thinks that I'm making light of the issue. But I, <laughs> listen, I just, I have to, this is my coping mechanism. Damn it, I'm mad. Why are you, why are you laughing yes, at me? Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I think it's good fuel for today's uh, episode. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Yeah, we're we're uh we've been we had a little bit of hiatus and that's that's my fault. Uh, I've been over uh, traveling in Europe. I had a tour, so I, I started in Denmark and had a actually ended up being the biggest. From what I understand, they told me it was the biggest fitness seminar ever in Denmark um, that I did with uh, Fisker Performance, and those guys were awesome. And actually, it was pretty cool. There was like a um, auditorium that was in the middle of a mall, actually, like it's in the side room in a mall in Denmark, and. Uh, it had 200 spots and, and they filled the whole thing up. It was pretty awesome. Wow. I was like, man, yeah. I, and that, it was it was it wasn't cheap either. It wasn't like 50 bucks. I think I think it was like 100 or 200 bucks for a similar. So it wasn't super expensive, but to get 200 people in a little country like Denmark, I was pretty impressed. I was like, damn, I didn't know you guys rolled like this. <laughs> so, and then uh, from there, I went to Ireland. I had a seminar at uh, the Irish uh, Strength Institute and also at the Abs Gym, which I love. The Abs Gym is. Uh, Owned by Brian Cavanaugh and him and uh, Jay Ferrant, who are, are two of the trainers there. They actually, you'd really like them, Sohi. They they have a lot of female clients. They really encourage cool. like heavy heavy lifting from female clients. Yeah, I like that. So that was cool, and uh, really enjoyed that. And then I went to uh, UK for Body Power and specifically the Epic Summit, which was you know me and Alan Argon and James Krieger and Brad Schoenfeld and Bohan and uh, Mino and like a lot of just heavy hitters in nutrition. And it was I'm leaving out a bunch of names, but uh, it was awesome. Um, it was really yeah. uh, more than anything. Time. 
it was it was cool hanging out with those guys that you most of them I don't I'd never met in person I just see on the internet and so it was cool we got along really well oh Brett Contreras was there I actually ended up hanging out with Brett most of the time which I know <laughs> makes you I know makes you happy because well, uh, Brett was like we're the same person <laughs> yeah me and Brett are we're actually pretty similar except you know he I don't get me wrong I love glutes but you know and not so I said I tell people this like people are like. You know, Brett really loves glutes. So I'm like, yeah, but it's not a sexual thing. No, like he not just at all. he is genuinely he just loves glutes. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's the deal. Um we we were so we were squatting and poor Brett hadn't slept for like two days. So we're squatting and Brett loves it because I guess the the even though Brett is like an expert in biomechanics, you know, the the powerlifters at Hibbs gym will give him all kinds of crap because of the way he squats. He has to he has long he has long limbs, he has to forward lean right. quite a bit. He's like, you know, I love to show him that, hey, look at this guy. Look at Lane. Here's him. He's a, you know, national record holder. And look at the way he squats. And, uh, but anyways, we're, we're in there and I'm squatting and he, he says, um, he says, man, you create more intra-abdominal pressure than anyone I've ever seen huh. when you lift. He's like, I would love to EMG you. And I said, Brett, I love it when you talk dirty to me. <laughs> talk nerdy. <laughs> yeah, talk yeah. nerdy to yeah, me. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I had a really good time with with those guys. It was a lot of fun. The the summit was a lot of fun. Uh, many beers were consumed, and and uh, yeah, you know, it, it's funny. I I may have it's uh, it's interesting trying to uh, discuss mitochondrial biogenesis when you're tipsy. Um, it really <laughs> it really challenges you as a scientist, you know. Um, but yeah, we had a good a good time, and uh, Richard Lovett did a, a great job organizing the whole thing, and it was. Uh, it was a lot of fun, and then uh, the last day at Body Power, um, I just kind of set aside time for like a three-hour block. Uh, a friend of mine had a booth, and he let me use their booth, and um, just met people and everything, and cool. had a nice steady stream. And that's always like very humble. No, people say it's humbling. It's not humbling. It's uh, yeah. I'm very honored right, right. that uh, you know so many people uh, showed up. It was really cool. So and, uh, just to be clear, the Epic Summit and the Body Power, they're completely different events, right? So Body Power is like the big thing and Epic is like a section inside Body oh, Power. Oh, it's okay. So it's So it's yeah, so it was it. it was part of Body Power. I got but it's you. like you know how you go to the Arnold and there's all these like side things outside like these okay. conferences and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Have you ever seen that? It's kind of like same thing. Oh. So like the ISSN had a conference at the Arnold one time. So it's oh, the same cool. thing. So Epic had a conference at Body Power. Um, but yeah, Richard is, is involved quite a bit with the body power guys. So yeah, it was cool. I mean, you know, we got, we got access to the, the green room. So we're like sitting in there and it's like, there's like Ashley Kaltwasser and Steve Cook and Kai Green and Flex Lewis. Like one day I had lunch with with Flex and I I don't know if you got, Flex and Allie are like super sweet people. And so it was nice to hang out with them. And, uh, yeah, it was funny. Uh, one day I was explaining, uh, Ashley Kaltwasser asked me what I thought about this drink, and it was like some drink that's supposed to pH balance your body, and it's you know pH of eight. I said, well, if it's a pH of eight, it probably tastes like crap. And also, so then I started explaining to her like digestion and chyme and how you know your stomach is six molar hydrochloric acid, and like you have your pyloric sphincter, which regulates you know how much acid actually gets into your body, and that your body neutralizes it and all this stuff, and. Uh, and I, I thought I could see out of the side of my eye that like, Kai Green was very interested in my conversation, you know. <laughs> so it's kind of, kind of interesting to, 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 to dump some science on him, you know. And then actually we were walking by and um, Amanda Latona stopped me and Brett, and that was cool. Uh, and she was like, uh, you know, she was like, oh, you know, 
you know, listen to all your stuff and, you know, love the science. And, and then, uh, she told Brett, she's like, she's like, and I just love everything you have to say about glutes. <laughs> Imagine that, right? Miss glute herself. Cool. Yeah. That's so amazing. it's nice to know that the information is getting out there, you know? Yeah. Well, I think, I mean, it's a huge deal that you were actually over there. I mean, how often do you go over there, you know? Um, yeah, exactly. It's always, uh, I was telling people, I was talking to somebody who they were, I guess they were, oh, it's these two girls. They have a, a YouTube channel called, um, oh, I think it's the Strength Girls is what they call it. And uh, they were like, you know, they were super fired up when they met me and they're like really excited and everything. I could just tell they had a lot of passion for, for uh, lifting. And um, they're, you know, but they're starting and it's, you know, it's a slow process. And I was just telling them, listen, if you would rewind 10 years ago and tell me, hey, you'll be, be selling out rooms across the sea, across the ocean to, to see you speak, I'd be like, you're crazy. You know what I mean? Like, no, no friggin' way. Um, and, and so I told them, like, never underestimate what you, if you're passionate and you're, you're good at what you do, never underestimate what, what can come from that. Um, Neil, Neil deGrasse Tyson, uh, he's an astrophysicist. He had a great quote because people were asking about his, um, his kids and if he was going to get his kids into physics. And, uh, he said, no, you know, if they want to, it's there. But, um, you know, I, I want, I want them to be truly passionate about what they do. I want, I don't want to create a fake passion, right. you know? And cause he said, if you're good at what you do and you're truly passionate, people will beat a path to your doorstep to hear what you have to say. And I was like, wow, that was, that was so true. So I, I was actually the very first speaker at Epic. Right. And, um, so I, I pulled a Dr. Linicky. So I'm like, I'm like, I'm the very first speaker. I've got to come out strong. You know what I mean? I got to come out with yeah. energy and passion and just be fired up to get them engaged right away. You know what I mean? I feel like a lot of times you get somebody who comes out flat. It just like sets everybody up to be bored. Oh, of course. You know Especially I mean? first thing in the morning. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I've got my headphones in and I'm like, wait, I'm like in the green room and I'm waiting till like five minutes before it's time to go. And I, you know, I've got everything ready to go. So all I got to do is walk in. I'm going to do the Mike Zordos interest, just burst open the doors and walk in. <laughs> and, uh, Richard Lovett's texting me, where are you? And I'm like, I'm on my way. And I got my headphones got in. I'm here. <laughs> I'm, I'm listening to my epic music, you know, and I pull open the doors and walk, walk straight up to the podium I'm listening to my music, and then right before I'm like, "Look at him! Is it time to go? It's time to go." Okay, let's do this, and get up there, and I start yelling and screaming. <laughs> Did you really? Oh, not not like in a bad way, but uh, yeah. you know the comments like, really I got. Fired later, up. The comments I got later from people was, you know, your talk was really interesting, but we loved how energetic you were. You know, you just yeah, his attention. Yeah. And then the other speakers, they gave me really nice feedback. They're like, "Man, your talk was awesome." So that that's cool. Um, but yeah, it was a good time, and like I said, like um, to be able to go over there and, and, and do that sort of stuff, um, I I don't, you know, hopefully it never gets old for me. You know what I mean? I really I really enjoy that. Yeah, and I think I feel like you really made the most out of your trip overseas too. Yeah, you well, were just like in and out. You just yeah you did multiple things. Yeah, if I'm well, I, I look at it as I'm going to be over there. You know, right? Let's hit a few spots, and like a lot of people are like, "Oh, are you taking any time to go, you know, see different places and stuff?" And I'm like. You know, not really, and it's not because I don't want to, but it's like if I'm over there and I have the opportunity to make some money and work, I'm away from my family, I'm going to work. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, That's a big sacrifice I'm, to be made. Yeah, exactly. I'm not, I'm not over there you know, to, to go see some castles and whatever, which would be cool, and if I had a free day, I would have done it. But 
at the same time, you know, if I have the opportunity to, to make some money and, and, uh, and, you know, further my message and that sort of thing, mm -hmm. I'm, that's what I'm going to do. So, yeah, we grind, baby. We grind. Yeah. That's what we do. Hey, so cool. I think, uh, before we get into the questions for today, since we're doing a Q and a episode, um, I think, I think it'd be fine. Do you, do you want to talk about, uh, upcoming speaking engagements you have? And, um, cause I know you've been getting a lot of questions about when yeah. can we see you next and where? Yeah. So, the 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 next thing I have so there's not actually I'm pretty open now uh, I'll I'll go ahead and tease a few things um, so I'm doing uh, so the next thing coming up will be the SFN which is the Scottish uh, Scottish Expo uh, and that's in August and I'll be speaking there and I'll also have a, a camp and maybe some private seminars as well I'm so sad I'm missing that camp <laughs> when is that is that late July uh, so, oh, so the VIP camp in Tampa, that is, I didn't mention that, but that's coming up, but that's completely sold out. So nobody, please, <laughs> nobody Sorry. send me the emails. <laughs> Never mind. Let's just it's, backtrack. Yeah, yeah. VIP camp usually sells out in like a day. Right. Uh, and usually so only fun. to my clients because it doesn't get a chance for anybody else to hit it. But yeah, you were there last year and you know how epic that, that whole deal is. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, so anyways, that's, uh, that's our flagship camp in Tampa where we pull in you know, over a dozen experts and pros that I consider are the top, top people in nutrition and training and uh, just bring them together to not only are they experts, but they're friggin' super cool people. You know, like tell me how awesome it is to hang out with like Jeremy Lineke and Paul Ravella and Ryan Doris and, you know, all these other people like and yeah. Diana Dahlgren, like you don't get that experience anywhere else. And there's nobody, you know, the group of people we assembled, there's nobody like them. So... Um, yeah, but sorry, it's sold out guys. So maybe, <laughs> maybe, so we did have done camps, you know, around the States. We did one in Chicago. We did one in Canada last year. So if you have the opportunity to go, go, because you may never get another chance for it. It's, I, I mean, I can say it's life changing because it changed my life. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like being around these people changed my life. So there's that in late July. And then in August at the SFN, like I talked about, and then uh, actually we're considering doing a camp in Dallas, like a day camp in Dallas um, in August because uh, I think Lauren is going to do the Dallas Pro for Bikini. So, I, you know, me and Isabel, are, are, we're considering already going out there. And then we decided, well, if we're going to go out there, we might as well do a camp. So we've been talking with uh, the guy who owns Destination, the, the awesome gym out there. Mm -hmm. And I think we're going to try and set something up. So there's no – don't email me asking me for for <laughs> – we don't have anything set up yet, but just keep a lookout. If you're in that area, we may be doing something. So just keep your, your ears to the ground. Keep watching my Facebook, my Twitter, my, my Instagram. If you're watching those, you'll find it. Um, cool. And then in November, so this is probably the most exciting thing coming up. There's an event in Vegas called SkillCon, which uh, is basically like an expo of skills. So people who do like juggling and – Oh, so it's not uh, just fitness. Oh, no, no, no. It's, it's like, it's all like random skills, like finger tutting and juggling and huh? like, like, yeah, it's crazy stuff. But the guy who organized it, Jason, um, he actually used to hold the record for most objects juggled at once. And uh, he contacted me. He was a big fan of my fitness stuff. He's like, we'd love for you to have your, an event out here. And I'm like, oh man, that'd be cool. Las Vegas at the, it's at the Golden Nugget, which is like, they've recently redone it and it looks awesome. Um, and, uh, 
I'm like, okay, well, like I thought about doing a, a bodybuilding show, but I'm like, you know, what really fits better for what, what he's doing, you know, a skill, you know, like movement skills is powerlifting. So I'm actually promoting a USAPL powerlifting meet in Vegas on November 7th as part of SkillCon. And that's going to be sick. It's going to be fun. Wow, yeah. We're only, we're only taking 60 lifters. So we ha- again, the entry forms have not gone up yet. But be ready. When they go up, I anticipate we will fill up extremely fast. And this is going to be broadcast on uh, – at least parts of it will be broadcast on ESPN3. and wow, ESPN overseas. Deal. It's a huge deal. So a lot of exposure. So, um, yeah, it's going to be awesome. And then uh, it's called the USAPL Wild West Showdown. And, um, yeah, we're going we're gonna to have some awesome stuff going on. So in addition to the meet, uh, the day before, Matt Gary, who's the U.S. national coach for USA Powerlifting, him and myself are going to be conducting seminars. So we're going to talk about the major lifts, obviously. I'll probably do a seminar on nutrition as well. And uh, so you have the opportunity out in Vegas to go to those. Um, so if you ever want to hear me do a seminar – this is an excellent opportunity. And then the day after the, the meet on Sunday, we're going to do an actual training camp. So seminar, meet, and camp. So there's an opportunity for people out there. If you want to come and have an epic weekend of fitness mm-hmm. and lifting, lifting heavy shit, um, there's a really good opportunity for you. So um, again, we don't have the, – the info isn't up yet. Don't ask me yet. It will be up soon. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of what's going on and we're super excited about it. Yeah. You got a lot coming up. Yeah. Yeah. I always, oh, and then one other thing that's kind of cool. Uh, yeah. (laughs) Right. I didn't remember another thing. So, um, a friend of mine, Sean McCulley, he used to, he used to be very into, he still does some nutrition and fitness, uh, consulting. Um, and he was a natural pro bodybuilder, but now the bulk of what he does is he's a firearms instructor. And so he, you know how I love to shoot guns. Oh, yeah. So we've been we've been banting back and forth for a while about kind of combining. So what Sean sees a lot is people who own firearms, but they don't take care of themselves in terms of fitness and nutrition. And he's like, you know, so he teaches defensive def- defensive weapon handling essentially. So people who conceal carry that sort of thing. Um, but he's like, a lot of these people, you know, they have a handgun or whatever to defend themselves, but they can't even run, you know, ten feet. And, you know, what good is that handgun going to do you if you can't even move, if you can't utilize it properly? So what we're going to do is we're going to have a two-day course at Altar Training Systems, which is in the Everglades in Florida. It's actually, it's like 30 miles from Naples. Um, And we we haven't quite ironed out the date yet, but it will be soon. And um, so it'll be two days of of firearms instruction. It'll be a lot of fun. And I'm going to be shooting with the group. So if you ever want to come shoot guns with me, now's a good chance. <laughs> and, uh, mm-hmm. and then, uh, I'll also be doing some fitness seminars as well. So it'll be a That's cool like the perfect, co- very lane esque combination. Oh, man. <laughs> I, I'm like, I'm going to get paid for this. <laughs> your favorite things. <laughs> exactly. My two favorite things. Yeah. In the world. If they just put a fishing trip as attached to it, <laughs> I would totally be, I, I, that would be like my dream weekend, you know? So, you know what? It's only a matter of time before that happens. So. Yeah. So if you want information, you can go to uh, Hard Target Firearms, and uh, they will have that information up shortly. So we're really excited awesome. about it, and that's going to be something that's fun. Cool. Well, why don't we why don't we take a quick break, and we'll come back <laughs> and we'll get since we we yeah, filled really. up, we filled up the first fifteen minutes with nonsense. Don't worry, we'll get to your questions. We'll be back. We'll come, we'll come <laughs> right back. You're listening to Physique Science Radio. 
Hey guys, Lane here. Well, you all know how much I love variety in my diet. I can't stand eating the same bland food every single day. That's why I love www.myoatmeal.com. It's an amazing website where you can go and customize oatmeal. I know, I know, I know. Why would I want to go customize oatmeal? I can eat it right out of the bag. Well, let me tell you why. MyOatmeal.com has 22 billion combinations of flavors and ingredients. You heard me right. 22 billion combinations. Whether you're picking out a pre-made blend or making your own customized blend, they have all kinds of flavors. Want red velvet cake? No problem. Snickerdoodle? You can make it happen. Butter rum? Oh yeah. Cheesecake? You can get it done. And you have all kinds of additives you can add. Apples, raisins, pears, nuts, all kinds of seeds. And you can sweeten it any way you want. Need to eat gluten-free? No problem. They've got it. The best part of it all? The macros are listed as you're customizing your blend. And they change depending on which ingredients you add. Eating a little bit lower carb? No problem. Choose ingredients that make your carb count lower. Need more protein? Add higher protein ingredients. You can customize your blend to make it almost any breakdown that you want. And the prices and macros change as you change your blend. So go on over to www.myoatmeal.com and check out some of the blends that have already been made. Or be adventurous and make your own. That's myoatmeal.com. Check it out, guys. Hey guys, many of you out there know I spend a lot of time bagging on bad coaches. And certainly, there's more than enough of those to go around. But a lot of times people ask me who I do recommend. Well, one person we can recommend wholeheartedly is Paul Ravella of Pro Physique. Paul has received more referrals from me over the last two years than any other coach, and with good reason. Paul is competent, professional, caring, and carries himself with a lot of integrity. If you hire Paul, you're going to be getting the very best at a great value. Paul is also one of my closest personal friends, and I can say with absolute certainty, I feel 100% comfortable with referring my closest friends and family to him, because I've done that. Paul Ravella of ProPhysique.com. Check him out, guys. Hey guys, you know me and you know I love cooking up macro-friendly option meals. But sometimes when I'm always on the go, that's just not an option. So when I'm on the go or can't cook a meal, I love Quest Bars. You know I love protein and fiber and these are packed with 20 grams of high quality protein and super high in fiber. And it's easy to stay on target when you've got Quest Bars that you can bring with you anywhere. They're delicious compared to other bars that taste like bricks and leave you feeling gassy and bloated. So pick up a bar of Quest Bars today at questnutrition.com, GNC, and Vitamin Shop. Also, follow them on Instagram at questnutrition and youtube.com slash questnutrition for great recipe ideas to keep you on your goals but eating delicious. We're back on Physique Science Radio, and now we are ready to get to your questions. And I so so he has one that she is really excited to answer. That uh, kind of um, 
I think both of us are, are yeah. you know, we love the nutrition and training questions, but we also love people who are trying to make a, a career in fitness. So yeah. go ahead, Sohi, what do you got? Right. I really like this question because, you know, as an entrepreneur, I love talking about career and brand development and all these things. So this one is from Twitter. Uh, Lena asked both of us, what are the best methods you have used to create personal brand awareness online without resorting to scammy tactics on social media? Man, I love this question because, I love it um, too. yeah, and I, I talked to so many, a lot of colleagues about this, about how easy it is to, to gain attention and gain a following online by posting, you know, like almost soft porn selfies all the time and uh, trash talking other professionals and, you know, just doing things without integrity. Um, I, I feel like uh, Lane and myself have really made an effort to not go that route. And obviously, Lane has been doing this for far longer than I have. But um, I think it's the harder thing. It's the harder thing to to say, listen, I'm going to um, I'm just going to put out good information out there. I don't want to badmouth people. I don't want to um, uh, objectify myself. And, uh, I, I, you know, I, I this is how I want people to, to follow me. I want them to follow me for the information that I, that I give out. Um, for me, it, there's no, like, there's no set step-by-step manual. It's just a matter of, okay, what are my morals? What do I stand for? And just stick to those every day. For me, it's, okay, be a little bit, um, when it comes to selfies and whatnot, yes, they're, they can be useful every now and then, but be a little more judicious about that. Um, if I want to present information, always trying to Unless it's a squat selfie, and then it's completely okay. Right, unless it's like a late Norton, <laughs> like you know, I'm about to squat with these bar, <laughs> with these plates selfie, <laughs> then it's completely okay. <laughs> um, but you know, I'm always thinking, is this information that people are going to want to see and respect? And even if I disagree with someone, I don't have to necessarily bash them. I can just say, well, I disagreed. Here's why. Um, here's why I believe what I believe. And uh, I've been doing this for. Uh, you know, three and a half years now, which really isn't that long in the grand scheme of things. But um, I like to think that I've done a pretty good job of uh, staying away from the scammy, sleazy side of things. Um, And not only that, but you also want to make sure you associate with the right people in the industry, you know, and um, try to stay away from excessive Facebook arguments because that's just a black hole you get sucked into you will never come out of. Um, but for me, you know, I, and I say this all the time, having Lane, uh, when he took a chance on me over two years ago, that was huge. Um, and then over time, you know, he built trust with me and we built a friendship and a, and a working professional relationship. Um, but he's just one example of, of several other colleagues that I've gotten to know and have, you know, we've mutually benefited and take advantage of those, make sure you help them out and they'll help you out. And, and, um, don't, you know, always take the high ground. Don't take shortcuts. Wow. You know, you almost just – so there's a, there's a Les Brown quote out there that I love. Um, you know, I'm going to my, my boy Les Brown, um, and I think this is very important. And he said, um, um, you know, do the right thing. Don't, don't try to cheat. You know, and, and when you're when – you're, so when you're what – what I'm saying is when you're, when you're posting, you know, sleazy pictures or, or you know, shoving your, your, 
your booty up in the camera or whatever, you know, and, and uh, I'll, I'll circle back to this because I don't, if you, if you really don't care, if you, that's, if you like that, then that's fine. I don't have a problem with that. Like I'm, I'm a libertarian, so whatever you want to do is fine, but you have to understand the audience you're attracting, right? Yeah. But he said, you know, he said, don't try to cheat. Don't try to take any shortcuts. You can pay. He said, I believe what goes around comes around. You can pay now or you will pay double later. And I completely agree with that statement. And he also said, um, surround yourself with people who keep your agreements and surround yourself with people who will do the same. And that is so true. He said, you know, if you're, you know, don't leave the flakes alone. People who are seriously not serious. And if you're surrounded by flakes, guess what you are. And that's, that's so true. So let's take that example, right? So, I know people who post bikini shots of the, sticking their butt up in the camera and all that kind of stuff, and they're like, oh, hump day, or you know, they, they post a picture with their, their boobs hanging out. And, and they're and, like, check and, out my new, um, new headband. <laughs> got, my, got, my, got my hair did, you know? Yeah. Like, and look, that, that's fine. I, you're not hurting anybody by that, but you have to understand the audience you are going to attract. Yep, yep. Okay? And so the audience you're going to attract is – they're simply not going to take you as serious, right? They're, they're going to look at you as, okay, this is a, they're looking at you because you look nice. They're not going to take what you have to say serious as a person. Now, some might, but there are going to be many who won't. And I'm not saying that's, that's right or wrong. It's just the facts of how things are. That's just, it is what it is, okay? So you have to understand that and take the temperature of the room. And then um, as far as you, like you said, if I... If I, I have about 70,000 YouTube uh, subscribers right now, no I, could e- I could easily, easily get over 100,000. I've probably, I've probably banned 5,000, to be honest with you. <laughs> uh, I could easily get over 100,000 if I wanted to just pick out like really popular channels and start talking shit. Uh, easily, easily. But I don't want to build my reputation that way. We know people who have built their reputation mm-hmm. that way. Mm-hmm. And yes, congratulations. You've got a lot of followers who are complete losers because that's what you're going to attract. You're going to attract people who are losers, people who all they do is feed off negativity. That's who you're going to attract. And I told people, I've had people who are like really, um, you know, just jerks and post something and say, well, I'm, I'm unfollowing you. I say, good. Please, I don't want you to follow me. I don't want people like you following me. Mm-hmm. I want intelligent, independent thinking people who have integrity. And I understand that that's a limited audience and I don't care. I'd rather have that than a million people who are idiots. And I think that's what a lot of people, you know, they, I think it's easy to, um, I think it's easy to kind of, um, target the lowest common denominator in society. And you know what? If that's your jam, that's fine. But you have to understand what you're getting with that. All right? And if, if, if what you're doing is you're building your reputation off, off talking trash and uh, posting you know, booty selfies, sure, you may get a lot of followers on Instagram. But do you ever think you're going to get asked to speak at a symposium? I don't think so. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like... Do you think you're ever going to be uh, interviewed by anybody of you know prestige? Probably not. Okay. So again, if if you say you know I, I don't care about that, all I want to do is build a bigger following as I can, then have at it. 
But if you want to be taken seriously and if you want to, you want to actually build something that has integrity and, 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 and be remembered for somebody who actually stood for something and, and did something and contributed to society, then you're going to have to do it slow. I mean, it took me 15 years, almost 15 years to get to where I am today, to be to the point where I can travel overseas and all that kind of stuff. And there are no shortcuts. There aren't. I mean, if you put good information out there, eventually, and you're passionate, people will find their way to you. Okay. But yes, you can, you can get there a lot faster with SCSI methods, but it's, it's short term. You know what I mean? It's like, so the best way I can describe it, it's like people who win the lottery. Like if you look at, um, if you look at, uh, statistics of people who win the lottery, 80% are broke within 10 years. Hmm. Like even people who win massive amounts of money, they're broke because you didn't earn it. You know what I mean? It wasn't, it's not yours. But when you acquire it slowly, when you have to grind, when it's a long time, you value it and you cherish it more. And I think that's the difference. So there's no secrets, but put out good information, work really, really hard, you know, do everything within your power that's, that's uh, with a method of integrity to increase your exposure. You know, before I, now, now I'm at the position now where I don't do a lot of interviews just because... I just don't have time and I'd rather spend that time with my family. But before I had a kid and before I was well known, I did every interview I could possibly get my hands on. It, and most of them were for free. Never got paid a darn thing. I wrote for magazines for free. You know, I submitted, I, I would submit to everywhere that would look at my stuff, you know, and that's how mm -hmm. I built my following. And now, I get to name my own price. <laughs> you know what right, I mean? Right, but you so, worked your way up to that point. You don't start off exactly. being like, I, you don't know who I am, but you need to pay me to do this. That's exactly right. And people people want to bypass that process. Yeah. And that's why I tell people, like, look, success is a battle of attrition. Most people, yes, you know, we talk about the outwork mentality and that sort of thing. But it's not just about outworking. It's about outlasting because most people, most people – it's easy to be motivated for short bursts of time. Exactly. Lots of people get motivated for short bursts of time. You know what people change the world? People who are motivated for decades. That's, who, that's when you get like a Steve Jobs or a Bill mm -hmm. Gates or, or somebody who completely turns the world on its head. You know, they, they listen to their inner voice and they never let themselves get deterred no matter how many failures they have. So that's the best advice I can give you is, you know, just – do it the right way because if you do it right the first time, you never have to worry about doing it again. But if you, you know, try to shortcut it, it'll come back and bite you in the ass. Right. And remember that there is a big difference between gaining attention versus gaining respect. Absolutely. That's, that's, don't, yeah. Don't confuse the two. Yeah. Okay. So I just did a 10 minute diatribe on that and then <laughs> you just, you summed it up in like five seconds. So I'm out. <laughs> Um, it was a great question, though. Absolutely. So I've got one. Uh, Luke Weston on our on a Facebook page says, mm -hmm. um, when reverse dieting, how do you know when enough is enough? I was lucky enough to get leaner through the process. That's awesome. I now sit between 3,500 and 4,000 calories a day. So are there any issues with continuing to push calories up? Thanks a lot. Keep the great, keep the great info coming. Um, so... This is a good question. It's very interesting. I get this a lot, especially it tends to be clients who are, who are like at a lower calorie level who are really like 
<laughs> like, when can I cut? When can I cut? Um, but I think, so I think it's all about context, right? Like, let's say, because mm-hmm. it depends on what your, your goal is. So if your goal is to get to a point where you can, you know, diet back down and get leaner, I mean, dude, you're there. You know what I mean? That's the, that's, there's no question that you're, you're ready. But what I look at it is, um, if you're, so if your goal is to cut, be able to cut back down, what I look at is, okay, when are you maintaining your body weight on a minimum of a normal calorie level, right? So if we're looking at somebody who's average, average height, average weight, all that sort of stuff, where is their predicted maintenance? Like if we do a, um, a basic equation of maintenance, sure. you know, kind of body weight times 15 or Harris Benedict or any of that sort of stuff, where, where is their predicted maintenance and are we there? And if we're there, then we can talk about cutting back down. You know, if you're, if you're 180 pounds and you're maintaining at 1,600 a day, we need to, we have work to do. You know, that's not. Yeah, that's very low. Yeah, that's very low. But, you know, in this situation, I'd say, dude, you're there. You know, 3,500 to 4,000 calories and you actually got leaner. I mean, if you want to enter an active fat loss phase, there's no question you're going to, that you're going to do well. Um, now, if you're saying, hey, I'm happy with how I look. I just wanted to get to a calorie level where I'm, I'm, you know, I, I, I can maintain. If if you're happy with your food intake, then stop. This is perfect. I had a client um, who uh, who asked me this very question. He's like, you know what? I don't think I'm ever going to compete again. Uh, I just want to look good. I want to have a six pack and I want to maintain it. And we got and we got him up to you know a point of food where he was very very happy. So he said, you know, I'm, I'm happy with how much I'm eating. I'm happy with how I look. Like I'm happy with everything. How do I maintain it? I said, okay cut your calories by 10% from where they are now and just hold that. And there's mm-hmm. no reason you shouldn't maintain. Mm-hmm. And so that's what he did. And every once in a while he contacts me and he's like, yep, six months later, still same place. I'm like, sweet. I mean, if you're, if you, if that's your goal, then yeah. awesome. That's a really good place to be in. Absolutely. I said, you know, it's like the trifecta where you're happy with how you look, you're happy with how much you're eating and you get to live a healthy lifestyle. And by that, I mean, you can go out to dinners and you don't worry about yourself gaining five pounds, you know, just from going out for two nights in a row or something like that. Um, you've learned how to eat mindfully and that's a, that's an awesome place to be in. Right. And the other thing I'll say too is if you're already eating enough relative to your body weight, you know, calorically speaking, and it feels like a lot of food to you already, you don't have to keep pushing up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, once you've reached a certain point for me, um, I like to do, I mean, the, the how to calculate your macros question is a like super loaded question, but um, I feel yes. like if calorically, if you're at, let's say, let's say you're at 14 to 15 to 16 times body weight calories in pounds um, and you're maintaining, that's, a, that's fine. That's perfectly normal. That's a good place to be in and you don't have to keep pushing if you don't want to. Right. That's what I'll say. The caveat to that I will say is like if you're somebody who wants to compete and you want to be able to get down, you know, be able to diet more and more and more calories. You're right, probably going to have to be going. a little bit more, I don't want to say aggressive with your reverse, but more t- tenacious with your reverse. Yeah. You know what I mean? That sort of thing. But if you, it's just a matter of, oh, I just want to get a little bit leaner, then that's fine. Right. Good. I think, uh, okay, so that answered that question. Um, I'll take the next one. My Actually, this is a client of mine. Abby Shaw on Facebook asks, um, I have a feeling I've asked about this before somewhere, but how do you choose your clients, your crowd, the events or publications you work with in such a sprawling and varied industry 
what for each of you identifies what engages and best develops your professional self? So I love this question because uh, I've had uh, this similar talk with with friends before who have, you know, they want to they want to get involved in the fitness industry. They want to build an online presence and want that. But they're like, oh, you know what? I just, I just don't know who my target audience is. I don't know what my specific message is. And I'm like, you know what? To a degree, you don't have to know everything. You know, like I got into this three and a half years ago and I wasn't like, oh, I'm going to work with primarily women who, you know, many who are struggling with their relationship with food and whatever. I wasn't thinking that. I just said, this is what I love to do. And here are, are some topics that I'm passionate about. I'm going to start writing about it. And um, over time, you start to develop your voice. And over time, you develop your brand. And like, I didn't even come up with my slogan until the past, I think, like six months ago, you know. And I didn't finalize my logo until six months ago. And that was okay. And I still did okay. Um, but as far as, you know, choosing your clients, choosing your crowd, it's, I mean, I'm very selective about the kinds of clients that I take on. Yeah. Um, it's very much, are you in line with my message? Right. Yes. And, um, first of all, you know, are you familiar with my work and do you agree with what I have to say? Obviously that stuff matters too, but um, you know, we don't take on every client that comes to us. We, we have to make sure it's a really good client, uh, coaching relationship. And, um, and sometimes it is, and sometimes it's not. And, uh, I, I, going back to the first question from this, from this episode, you know, what is your message? What are your morals? And are they in line with what you're being asked to do? Whether it be speaking at a specific, specific event, do you want to be publicly and professionally associated with some event? Right, because that event has a reputation, and you have a reputation. Yep. Do, do they do they mesh? And um, for me, I'm I'm really interested in people who are uh, they have a winner mindset. They um, they're not willing. They're not afraid to work hard. They are very positive and um, open minded yet skeptical, and uh, and th- they follow my work. Th- those are the kinds of people that I love being around, and I have a sense of humor. You know, and that's that's pretty much what I look for when it comes to collaborations with anyone. Yeah, and I think that's reasonable. Um, I think that what exactly as you said, you have to understand who your audience is. And I think that will kind of be presented to you as you get your voice out there. They'll tell you who they are by who inquires the most. You know, um, I, uh, I never thought my, my main audience would be, you know, uh, mostly women. Well, it's uh-huh. not. There's quite a few men too, but I have a lot of women who, you know, are, are facing metabolic issues in terms right. of, you know, low metabolic rate and, and problems with, with, with issues with food. Uh, but I was just, I discovered something that was, I thought was pretty interesting and I'm, I was pretty passionate about it. And so that's, that's who gravitated towards me. Exactly. Um, and I think you're right about clients. Like I, I look at the same thing as Les Brown say, pay now or pay double later. So mm-hmm. every time I've said, you know what, I don't want to take this person on. I think they're going to be trouble, but uh, you know what? I, I, I really need this money right now or, or something like that. Um, it has ended up badly for me and it's cost me more money in terms of my time and stress. And, you know, a lot of times, um, you know, them demanding refunds and that sort of thing. And you have to understand also, too, even if people aren't bad clients, some people just aren't, they're not a good fit for you. You right. know, just like I always say, everybody has a pair of friends who don't like each other, right? Like everybody has that. And it doesn't mean either one of those people are bad people. It just means they don't mix well. You know what I mean? 
uh, oil and water. And so I think that that's one of the things you have to realize is that you can be a good person. This other, this other person can be a good person and you may not be the right coaching client relationship. And it's like, not that's personal a, at all. And that's okay. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we get so many people, like you said with us, who, who take it personally if we turn them away. Yeah. And it's like, no, we're, we're trying to help you. Like we, we don't think we're a good fit for me. I tell people the easiest thing in the world for me would be to take your money and not give a damn. You know what I mean? That'd be the easy thing. Cause I, I don't have to give you a refund if I don't want to. I, you didn't <laughs> sign anything saying like, I, there's nothing that's signed that says, Oh, you know, if you're not happy, there's a refund. No, you have no, you have no recourse. If I, if I was a scumbag and just didn't care, I just take your money, send you something. And if you weren't happy, oh, well, tough shit, you know? But that's not how I want to do business. That's not how I want to be known. I want to be known, you know, I would rather have, you know, one client that's very happy than take on 10 and have, you know, a few of them be on. Now, I like to think I get it more right, right than I do wrong. But, um, you know, I think you have to be, use discretion. And the same thing when you're going to speak and that sort of thing. So a lot of times I, I look into, you know, if somebody asked me to come speak somewhere, I'm going to look into their company. You know, are they, right. you know, are they? You know, are they are they um, promoting nonsense? You know, but that doesn't necessarily. You know, I've had people who <clears throat> were very um, heavy into. Uh, let's just say there's a certain uh, trainer out there who has a course that you pay thousands of dollars for to then convince people that they're uh, carb sensitive and have high estrogen and take all these supplements and they will cure all your ails. And I'm not going to say it by name, but I think many of you know probably what I'm talking about. Um, I've done seminars at gyms who are into that. In it because the way I look at it is like, okay, I would rather, I need to be able to, maybe I can change these people's minds. You know what I mean? Maybe I can introduce to them something that's not BS, you know? And so it doesn't necessarily mean I won't do it, but I want to get an idea of how open-minded they are, right? So that's part of it. Um, and then, you know, I'll talk to, if I know other speakers have, have gone over. So like Alan Oregon is going to over to Australia right now. And, um, he's actually the, the people who organized the seminar, he asked me about them and I said, yeah, I, I know the two, the two ladies that are doing it. Um, Jill Taylor and Charlotte Mary. And I was like, dude, you could not be in better hands. They're awesome. I trust them. You know, so he did his background research and mm -hmm. came to me. So that's what I do. Sometimes I'll talk to other people, you know, like, in Denmark, um, they those guys. This was their first time doing it, so I kind of took a chance on them. But I, I I talked with them on Skype. I really liked them. They seemed excited. Uh, they wanted to do a good job, and man, they they nailed it. They crushed it. It was really good. And so um, you know, sometimes you have to take a leap of faith, but you know, always do your research and 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 try to establish an understanding. And also, like, have very clear understandings of what both people's goals are. That goes for your clients. Yeah, yeah. That goes for your clients, and also when you give seminars or speeches or doing anything, like have very, very clear what both parties want. Because a lot of times, it's not people aren't unhappy because somebody did a bad job. They're unhappy because they expected something else. You know what I mean? So if I get a client who, and I do this all the time, I'll they'll say, "Hey, I want to lose you know 30 pounds of fat," and then they give me a time frame. I say, "It's not going to happen." I, I, I'm sorry. That's that's mm -hmm. probably an unrealistic goal, and we kind of I kind of tell them, hey, this is what I think is realistic, because I don't want to just take their money and say, yeah, we can do that, and then when it doesn't happen, they're upset at me. Right, now, and maybe, that's the easier maybe, thing to do. Maybe they lost 20 pounds of fat in 12 weeks, but they're still unhappy because they thought they were going to lose 30. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. And so it's one of those things where you need to have clear expectations on both sides. Right. Um, yeah, I, I think it's important to be very careful and selective about about what kind of clients you take on and who you associate yourself with. I mean, last year I got uh, someone emailed me asking to submit a guest article for my site, and she wanted to write about cancer on my site, Ooh. and which you know, not nothing wrong with the topic at all, but it was so not in line with my brand and my message. Yeah. I told her, you know, listen. This is just not the right platform for you. And she got angry with me. And I'm like, I, yeah. you know, you can't really do anything about that. I'm not going to compromise. You know, it's just so out of left field. You can't, sometimes you just, it's a clear no sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and that's, yeah. And I've done the same thing on my site. And the other thing is, um, so I had, I did a seminar a while back with a, a training company about uh, metabolic adaptation. And they wanted to do a certification, right? So they wanted to, to people who went to it to say they are certified uh, metabolic adaptation rehab specialists, and I'm like, nope, I'm not going to do that. They're like, well, why not? I'm like, because I, because this is such a new topic, and there's so little research on it. Like, I don't even understand it that well. You know what I mean? So I'm just giving you what I've learned. I, you know, and I'm trying to give you my best hypothesis, but I don't feel comfortable with people who would come to it and say. Yeah, I'm, you know, Lane Norton has certified me. I don't feel comfortable with that. <laughs> yeah. I said, now, if you want to give them a certificate saying they attended a seminar on this topic, I'm okay with that. There's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. But I, I, no certification. And so, you know, that was, you know, could have been the difference between me getting 10 grand and me not getting 10 grand. But it was one of those things where I'm like, you know what? I, this is, I'm, I'm stick, I'm, I'm putting my foot down. You know what I mean? And they were cool about it. They were accommodating and everything was fine, you know? Yeah. But I think a lot of people, I can see how a lot of people could get sucked into, oh, man, uh, they won't do this if I don't ask. And it's like, no, just have clear expectations on both sides. Mm-hmm. And don't be tempted by quick money. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You can pay now or you'll pay double later. Exactly. Well, why don't we take a quick break, Sohi? We'll come back and we'll hit some more yep. questions. Okay. Hey guys, one of the things that's always on my mind is how can I give back to the industry that has done so much for me? That's why we formed the BioLane Foundation. The BioLane Foundation is a philanthropic initiative to raise money for grad school level research that is going to contribute to the fitness industry. And 100% of all your donations will be paid out to students. If you'd like to donate, you can go to BioLane.com, click on the About tab, and click on BioLane Foundation, and you can put your donation in through there. Or, if you're a student and you'd like to apply for a grant, go to BioLane.com, click the About tab, BioLane Foundation, and you can find the applications online there. Thank you guys so much, and I'm looking forward to all the great research that comes from these donations. You're listening to Physique Science Radio with Lane Norton and Sohi Lee. If you like what you hear and you'd like to learn more about us, read some of our articles, please visit my website at www.biolane.com and Sohi's website at sohifit.com. Thanks, guys. We appreciate you listening and hope to hear more from you in the future. This Q&A episode of Physique Science Radio is brought to you by Quest Nutrition. Hey guys, welcome back. For our next question, we're going to have Lane address a training-related 
uh, question. So fire away. This question is from Amy, and she says, what do you think of the squat everyday protocol? <laughs> well, I think people are going to be surprised at, at my answer. So this is referring to something on Bible.com, I think, about you know where you squat every day. So this comes um, – first off, I will say if you squat every day, um, you will get stronger. You will get a lot stronger. You will also probably get injured uh, unless you are at a certain level. Okay, I think that this only makes sense for really, really, really advanced trainers. Okay, um, you know, people listen to my talks, and yes, I love volume and frequency, and I think that those are major drivers of hypertrophy and strength, and I think the data is pretty clear on that. However, you need to progress volume and frequency appropriately. If you're making gains on two times a week squatting, then do two times a week. Don't do five times a week. Because guess what? It's like cutting your calories too low too early. All right? Yeah, you can lose weight at 1,000 calories a day. You'll lose a lot of weight. What happens when you finally plateau? What are you going to cut to then? Okay, so when you plateau on five times a week, what are you going to do then? When you plateau on squatting every day, what are you going to do then? Right? So you should use the minimum amount of volume and frequency that you can to still make progress. But for everybody, that's going to be different. So for me, where I'm at right now, I need to squat three to four days a week at a minimum of around 50 to 60,000 pounds of squat volume in order to make progress. Okay? That's where I am. Um, other people, they may need, you know, Ben, for him to make progress, he needs about 70,000 pounds of squat volume a week. Okay? Wow. And he squats less than me. You know, again, I always talk about genetics. Like that, that's mm -hmm. not fair, but it is what it is, right? Um, so there's that. Um, there's the other thing is too is if you jump your volume up too. Far, let's say somebody's used to squatting two times a week and they go to squat every day. Uh, you're probably going to get injured. Okay, it's just it's just too much. It's just too much. Um, even if you were used to squatting four times a week. Going to every day, it's too much. And so I think it makes sense for, you know, if you're somebody who's very advanced and you're trying to peak for a meet, that sort of thing, uh, I think it can make some sense and you'll see some good gains from that. Uh, Zordos has talked about for a short period of time, you can put 5 to 10% on your squat max very quickly, squatting every day to a max. But I think for most people, they're not going to use it appropriately. And so I think it's, I think it's an interesting protocol. I think it can be very effective, but I also like to look at people's long-term longevity when I talk about making recommendations for lifting. And so, yeah, I think that, again, if you can make progress on squatting two times a week, do that. If you need three times a week, do that. If you need four times a week, do that. But don't do more than you need. Yeah, well, and Lane, would you also say that um, some people's bodies are just not cut out for frequent squatting. Cause I can't, I can't squat three times a week and feel okay. My, my hips will kill me. Yeah. I mean, I think the more you do it, the better you're going to get at it. And so you, the form gets more efficient. So right. you're going to, you'll probably go through a phase where you feel like crap and then it'll slowly get better as you get more efficient at the lift. Um, but this is why it's important not to jump up too fast because you'll just be so sore and beat up that your form's going to go to crap. And, you know, now the injury risk really increases, right? So I think that I think that that's why it's very important to progress volume appropriately. And um, I think if you're going from one or two times a week of squatting, 
which is what most people do, to squatting every day, I think the limiting factor, the limiting factor is going to be you're going to get injured. And that's, you know, that's not me. That's, that's, that's borne out by experience with coaching a lot of lifters. Okay. And a lot of people get fired up and, you know, again, it's like Dr. Zordo says, you know, if people think there's like a magic set and rep range or so they'll, they'll do this protocol. What is and the put, DUP program? Yeah. Yeah. Give me, <laughs> give me the DUP. We're like, uh. Which I guess it's better than giving them the DIC. Wait, what? Um. <laughs> So, Not that, no. So, sorry. I can't. I, whenever I hear Mike say, give me the DUP, I always like snicker because <laughs> I'm gross and I think it's something else. But um, so, anyways, the, the you know, they think there's some like small of. So, small of is a, a squat program. You squat four days a week. And people will do small of and they'll put 20 or 30 pounds on their squat in three weeks and they'll go, oh my God, that program was magic. Well, no, you doubled your squat volume and you squatted twice as often. Of course you got stronger, you know, it's, 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 and so this problem is people think there's like a magic protocol. So they may yeah. squat every day and after two weeks, their squat is up by 20 pounds and they go, oh my God, look how well that worked. Well, yeah, it worked well. Look how much you increased your volume, right. you know? And so I think it's one of those things we have to, you know, we need to understand that everything's in context and, you know, the reason you're making progress is because you jumped your volume and frequency up. It's not because there's some magical routine out there. Mm-hmm. Correlation does not equal causation. I love that. Exactly. My favorite quote is by somebody who, who they, they go, uh, or it's, a, it's, a, it's like a comic strip. And one of the people is telling the other person, I took a statistics class and, uh, you know, we, we learned a lot. And they go, oh, and he started talking about, you know, ANOVAs and all this sort of stuff. And the person goes, wow, it sounds like it really helped you. And he goes, well, maybe. <laughs> because correlation is not causation. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that I think you know with that with even the most um, educated, the most intellectual people, it's a really easy mindset to to fall into um, with saying, "Oh, well, this happened, therefore this must be the cause of it." Um, exactly. Yeah. So we have to be careful of that. <clears throat> exactly. Yeah. It's even with ourselves. We like we'll always. This is how you – like the same thing. This is how you can get to think that there's magic foods. Like if you don't actually track your macros, you can believe there's magic foods because you go, oh my god. I ate vegetables like at all my meals and I got leaner. So vegetables must be magic. And it's like, well, no. You were full because you ate more vegetables and so you ate less total calories and mm-hmm. that's why you got leaner. But if you're not actually tracking, you wouldn't know that. And so you, that's how you can think that there's magic foods. You know, And people don't think about this. Right, absolutely, and I don't. I don't know that. I mean, hope. I would hope that this happens, but I don't. I don't know that this. Uh, the misconception will actually ever die out because it seems so intuitive, right? It seems like, oh yeah, that makes sense, but no, it's not. Your intuition is wrong. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, okay, the next question is another training-related one that I like because I know Lane and I are going to have different answers, which I, which I think is fun sometimes. So on Twitter, uh, Chris. Caldwell asks, other than the bench squat and deadlift, what is your favorite exercise purely for enjoyment? My, my answer is obviously going to be... Wait, wait. <laughs> glute thrust? <laughs> yeah, I love the hip thrust. I actually just bought a hip thruster. Um, Boom, I got it. <laughs> surprise. Uh, just a Hang few on, weeks ago. Long. And uh, let me tell you, it was a pain in the ass to set up, but it's been totally worth it. I've been using it probably five days a week. And, um, besides the hip thrust, I, I love any kind of 
glute work, especially I've been really loving banded glute work lately with a mini band. Um, because okay, I, uh, I, have for- to, I have to, I have to make a joke. So can I, can I be inappropriate here for like five seconds? Sure. Promise you won't get mad at me. <laughs> so so I told Brett I was like you know Brett no no matter what happens how many like women you date or like like you know if like you you really have a claim that nobody else can because you have gotten more women to make the hip thrusting motion than any other man in history. I'm like so. <laughs> You've actually you've actually accomplished something that even the most debonair of men has never done. <laughs> yeah, no one else can claim that. No one else in the world. Exactly. Okay, so so gross lane is is done. So back back to our questions. Yeah, but um, you know, for someone like me and for a lot of other women too, especially, you know, I don't have the best genetics when it comes to like glutes and stuff. And you know, if before I started training, I had what. People might call pancake ass syndrome because <laughs> um, I was a runner. I was really wasn't eating much and uh, wasn't uh, strength training by any means. And then I started incorporating this stuff into my my training regimen, um, and I've seen a lot of improvement. And I'll never have the best ass in the world. I never, never, never will, and that's fine with me. But I am really happy with the progress that I've made, and I especially love banded glute work because it's so. Um, it's, it's low load obviously, and it's low intensity. So I'm not crippled all the time. Right. I don't want to run. I, I want to feel good every day. I want, I don't want to be sore and walking like I have a stick up my ass because it just doesn't look good. Um, and I love it because it's, it's, it only takes, you know, 10 minutes a day and I feel good. I'm like, I'm building my, I'm building my glutes. So, and, yeah. and my clients have been loving it too. So obviously, you know, my training is heavily influenced by people like Lane and, but also Brett with his, with his glute, um, exercises. Yeah, yeah. Um, actually, Brett has been so. He's like Lane. We gotta get your wife a uh, 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 hip thruster. You know what I mean? He's like, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll. So he's been like texting me. He's like, where can I send it? You know. <laughs> but um, we have to find out there's space in our gym. Actually, how big is one of those anyway? Um, it's not that big, and it, the. The thing I like about it is that you can actually pick it up. It has wheels on it, so you can move it and lean it up against the wall when you're not using huh. it to clear the space. All right, Brent. We'll, yeah, you we'll, should, we'll get my we'll get my wife thrust in. You them. should get one. I think anyone who's listening should consider investing in one. Um, the shipping now is pretty fast. The prices I think are very reasonable. I think it's worth every penny for what you'll get out of it. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. So okay, so favorite exercise other than squatting, benching, and deadlifting. Whew. And and I assume variations of those three is also out. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let me think about this. This is actually a little bit difficult for me. Uh, while you're thinking, that reminded me. So at the the Epic Summit, you know how you guys, you and Brett, worked out for three hours that one morning. Yeah. It's like, so what did what did Lane do, and what did you do? And Brett goes, Well, Lane did like the squat and bench, so he did two exercises. And he goes, I did ten. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, sounds exactly. about right. <laughs> hey, hey, hey! I did some calf raises in there a little bit. All right, so so like, back yeah, off. His workouts um, are long. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I used to really like front squats. I just haven't done them very often because really? obviously I'm focusing on back squat. Yeah, yeah. Um, man, I just, <sighs> I guess probably uh, like weighted pull-ups or something like that. Um, I don't know. I just, for me, squat and deadlift are on a completely different level. Like that, nothing does it for me like those lifts. Um, so uh, yeah, it's a hard question for me to answer actually. Um, I just, you know, there's nothing like squats, my favorite lift. I mean, there's nothing like getting under 
a heavy squat that feels like it should crush you and then standing up with it. Uh, I just, I don't know <laughs> how to describe it. So yeah, but I guess, you know, maybe like a dumbbell press or, uh, or some kind of heavy row. I'm, I like those, but yeah, there's, there's nothing that compares to, to squatting and deadlifting for me. Yeah. Um, I think that much, <laughs> I don't think that surprises anyone. Yeah. Well, I'm kind of transparent. I pretty much do what I like and, you know, it just so happens I really like those exercises. Yeah. Bench, bench is eh. I mean, I, I, I've kind of tried to motivate myself for it by being like, okay, Lane, you're not good at it, so you need to get good at it. Mm-hmm. You know, like uh, that's how my squat was back. It's funny because in high school I was a really good bencher. I hit 300-pound bench press in high school. and um, But that's because I did it all the time, you know. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I was terrible at squat. My squat was like 325 pounds, bench pressing 300 pounds. Like that's, that's awful. <laughs> but, um, you know. I, I, I took it upon myself to make it a challenge to myself to become a better squatter. And, you know, actually after the Arnold, Ben, Ben told me, he's like, dude, it's kind of crazy. You were the guy with really, really like chicken legs. Yeah. And now you're competing for one of the best squats in the world in your weight class. Yeah, that's huge I was deal. like, I was like, yeah, it's kind of weird. <laughs> <laughs> and if you look at me, I'm really not put together to squat. I'm just really friggin' hard headed. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. And um, that actually reminds me what <laughs> this doesn't happen often, but when it does, I'm just completely baffled is when every now and then I'll get someone who's like, yeah, I'm just, you know, I'm kind of I'm kind of bored of squatting. I'm getting bored. And I'm like, how can what? <laughs> how do you get bored of the such like, you know, such an incredible exercise? You're either not trying or you're doing the same weight, same reps every single session and you're not pushing yourself because I'm. I can't get bored. I get I get nervous, you know? I get, like, my heart's racing, especially when it comes to deadlift. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm so nervous for this lift because what am I yeah. going to pull? Um, exactly. So, yeah, I thought I was, uh, I was highly amused when I received that uh, comment. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, you know, like I said, there's something about, you know, I love deadlift, but deadlift doesn't give, like, the fear response that squat does, you know, because deadlift, worst thing that can happen, you just drop it out of your hands, right, you like, know? Right, it doesn't come up, yeah. The worst thing you have on a squat is it crushes you. You know what I mean? So, yeah. I mean, honestly, you can still flip it off your back. In reality, bench press is the most dangerous exercise, True. you know. Um, but still, you know, just having that weight on you, uh, bearing down on you and opposing gravity, it's, uh, it's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. All right, Lane, you want to take the next question? Yeah, I think we'll take uh, – I think we can take one more. Hang sure. on. Let me, let me pull it up here. Yeah. So, all right. Let me see here. I had one that I really liked. Okay. Somebody said, when cutting, what do you manipulate first when you stall? Hmm. Um, let's say, you know, is the overkill to, well, I don't, some of this doesn't make sense, but within the macros, let's say it's carbs. Is it overkill to manipulate the source of carbs? Like changing out more, 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 uh, you know, fruit or vegetables for starch. So I manipulate uh, a few different things at once. So if somebody stalls, I'll reduce uh, carbs and I'll reduce uh, fat and a little bit, and I'll reduce and I'll increase cardio a little bit. Like mm-hmm. I'll usually do a combination of all three, just because, like I'm trying. It might only be a drop of 10 grams of carbs, a drop of two or three grams of fat, and then adding an interval session, or adding an interval to a session, <laughs> because I want to. Minimal. I want them to feel the impact as minimal as possible, but get the maximal response. If that makes sense. So right. I found that like kind of manipulating all three a little bit 
tends to work pretty well. Uh, but I don't really, you know, vary the sources, that sort of thing, because again, like I'm, I'm kind of fundamentally opposed to telling people what to eat because I don't want to create this perception that there's, there's magic foods and there's good and bad foods. Yeah. Right. If you change more vegetables for starch, you know, sure, you may lose a little bit more weight, but to what end? Like, then why not just eat all vegetables? You know what I mean? Like, it's it's a slippery slope. So, I I tend to I tend to not do that. I'm not gonna say that's wrong to do that. I just I just don't I just don't do it. Yeah, and I also want to say for me anyway. Um, I know that uh, Lane and I were we're on the same page with like pretty much everything with coaching and everything macro tweaks. But I also for me, um, you know, I work pretty much with all women and I don't, I am also careful to not let their fats drop too, too low. Yeah. Um, and you know, if for the average, I mean, obviously there's always going to be exceptions, but I really don't like going under 30 grams of fat for a woman. Um, yeah. and also, you know, if, I will for short periods of time. Um, right, but, but very it's, short. It's a, yeah. Yeah. Because you know, not, it just, they don't feel too good on it. And it's also really from a practical standpoint, it's really hard to, to eat, you know, a day's worth of food and, and keep your fats that low. Um, but also, you know, if, if it's, oh my gosh, the, it's so highly dependent on the individual. I mean, someone was asking me the other day, they're like, can you teach me how to calculate macros and tweak macros? And I'm like, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, uh, you know, well, some that's, of it is, that's always funny. Somebody's like, can you show me how you, you did this? You know, when I right. put together something for someone, I'm, like, how do I'm I... like, well, let me just, yeah, let me show you, uh, let me give you exactly all the information I learned in the four years of undergraduate and then the six years of graduate school. Like, I'm not saying you need a grad degree to do this, but at the same time, it's like, you know, a lot of what I've done is because I have a certain base of knowledge that I, I couldn't, right. I couldn't acquire just you know, just by going on a website and following a cookie cutter approach, exactly. you know, like and it's, it's also, not that easy. Also comes from experience uh, with working with other clients and, um, learning from, from working with them. And then, and then not only that, but I also feel like part of it is too, is like, you just kind of have a feeling, you know, it's kind of like a, um, you can't explain it. You're like, I just feel like, <laughs> I mean, it sounds so like frou-frou and, and like voodoo six cent stuff, but I, I sit there, I'm like, well, I can't. No, that's like, okay. You can say, so people think like, oh, Lane, you're a science guy. So everything I say has to have a scientific reference to back it up. No. Uh, but the difference is, is like if I'm doing something out of a gut feeling, yeah, um, I'll just tell you it's a gut feeling. Hey, I don't have any science to back this up, but this is my opinion. This is my gut feeling, so we're doing this. And if you wanna, if you wanna say I don't wanna do that, then that's that's your prerogative. Right, and um, you know we also have to take into account the uh, individual person's lifestyle. If they're super super stressed out and they're busy all the time, does it make sense to add more? exercise probably not because they don't have the time you know they're already pressed for time as it is then you would maybe rely more on dietary changes um so it's oh my gosh it's so 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 highly dependent on the individual absolutely um, absolutely that you know just like we talked about like for example it i can progress on fifty thousand pounds of squat volume and ben takes seventy thousand pounds like nutrition is the same way everybody's different yeah so i think the best way to learn is a combination of um, reading what you can from other people and textbooks and formal education plus experience. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and that's you what know, you're going to learn. It's funny. Somebody accused me because I, I said, you know, that, I, well, you know, I, I did this, you know, degree and et cetera, et cetera. Oh, well, you're just so arrogant about your scientific knowledge and, you know, you think anybody needs a PhD to do this. And it's like, 
I saw a good meme. Somebody says, well, when they say something like that, well, if a plumber says he knows more about plumbing than you, is he being arrogant about his knowledge in plumbing? Uh-huh. You know, no. <laughs> it's just pointing out a fact, you know. And like, sure, can you can you do this stuff without a degree? Sure. There's, I mean, you have nurse practitioners and physicians assistants who they can do a certain amount of doctor's work without actually an MD. But at the end of the day, who, who do you want? You want the person who did all that schooling. You know what I mean? Like that's, it makes a difference. And so, you know, for me, like I said, I don't think somebody needs a graduate degree to do this, that sort of thing. But are you asking me, does it help? Y'all, <laughs> more knowledge is never a bad thing. And I, that's why, you know, people, I, I really try to push them towards that, you know? And I think that people will say, well, you know, I can't afford that or I can't do that. So all I can do is read online. Well, that, that, then that's fine, right? But know where the limits of your knowledge you know, don't don't BS people because you're trying to make yourself seem like you know more than you really do. Every time people go to my seminars, they're amazed at how many times I say the words I don't know. Mm-hmm. You know, because I, uh, if anything, grad school taught me it's what I didn't know, and I think that's important to keep in mind. Yeah, and you know, the the last thing I'll say about. Uh tweaks to your fat loss program is that sometimes the best change you can make is no change at all. Yeah. You yeah. know, and like sometimes it was just weird. Like sometimes comments would be like, why aren't you changing my program? And I'm like, uh, cause you're making fine progress on your current macros. Absolutely. <laughs> like, you want yeah, to be eating as much food as possible. You don't want me to drop your food. Yeah. I tell people, I'm not just, I'm not going to give you busy work. You know what I mean? Like this isn't, this isn't grade school where I need to give you, or I need to do homework for busy work. Like if you're progressing, if I'm not changing things, that's awesome. Like, yeah, that means you're excellent. progressing. So, yeah, it's 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 kind of funny how that goes. But absolutely, like, don't you know? I'm not going to change it just for the sake of changing. Right. I do know coaches that do that. You know, just feel like they'll change a workout all the time just because be like, oh, look at I'm giving you the secret super secret. No, I'm not. I'm not going to do that. And if you want somebody that's going to you know just do busy work for the sake of busy work, you're with the wrong person. Right. And I think a good coach knows the difference between, all right, now it's time to tweak your macros versus no, let's stay here. Sometimes that means staying up to, I had one client before who stayed 12 weeks on the same macros because she was still making progress and that was excellent. But some people, it's like every two weeks or every week, you have to tweak things. It's very, very individual. Absolutely. Well, I think we're, I think we're through about as many questions as we're going to get through in terms of uh, this one. I know we never get through a bunch of them because we we always get a hundred Yeah, but, um, you know, science is nuanced, questions are nuanced, and you need to address them from all angles, and I think that's important. I think a lot of people just give generalized answers, and it gets, you know, it ends up being, they have good intentions, but bad advice, so we try not to do that. Right. Well, guys, uh, we're glad to be back. We're sorry that we were gone so long, but we will get these episodes back pumping out every two weeks. We thank you for listening to this episode of Physique Science Radio, and thank you for your questions, and, uh... We will talk to you later. All right. Thanks, guys.